in the first service, we looked at one of the, the third group characteristics of the committed Christian was he edifies. Amen. And I'm going to teach on another mark of the committed Christian. And um, that will also be different. And it will bless us all. I want you to close your eyes and lift your right hand and talk to God. Bless the Lord. Speak the language of the Holy Spirit. is coming to us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a clap of praise. Acts chapter 14, verse 23. One more verse to convince you about the fact that every Christian must belong to a church. And when they had ordained them elders in every church. 
Can you see that? And when they had ordained them, elders in every church. So in the days of Paul, there were churches in every church. It means that there must be gathering, the gathering of Christians locally and in communities. So every born-again Christian must belong to a church. You must belong to a church. You must, you must be known, you must be active, and you must be present. And that is the shadow and the scheme and the plan of God for the kingdom of God. He doesn't want us to be born again and be loitering in the well. Because when you harvest and you don't establish, you will lose them again. So every born-again believer must be known in the church as a member. Give me a different version. He said, and, and Paul and Barnabas also appointed elders in every church. He appointed elders in every church. With prayer and fasting, they turned the elders over to the care of the Lord and in whom they had put their trust. My focus is in every church. It means Paul and Barnabas went around ordaining pastors, ordaining leaders for the church. So if in the days of Paul, the preacher and the apostle of grace went to church to church to ordain and appoint pastors and leaders, it means that Every believer must belong to a church. So any other teaching that tries to nullify the importance of the church, that if you are born again, you don't need to belong to a church, is a doctrine of demons. Are you with me? Because in the days of the early church, I said the early church, so there was a church. <laughs> there was a church. So I, I want you to pick this away today that... By all means, if somebody is truly born again, he must be part of a local church. Give the Lord a good clap offering. Now, the next characteristic we are looking at as a committed church member is that that member forbears others. He bears with the weakness. He bears with the faults. He bears with the mistakes. He forbears others. And I'm going to teach something heavy here today. He forbears others. He bears with others. There are some of us here, we cannot bear with people's mistakes. The church is not made up of perfect people. I keep repeating it. We all have our issues. We all have our bats. We all have our negatives. We all have what doesn't make us nice. But you cannot have a church that will grow that its members cannot bear with the weakness of others. There are some people who will come in our mess who wouldn't look like you. They are raw. They are unpolished. And they are the people also Jesus died for. You can be wearing suit like me, but Jesus will bring somebody who has never worn suit before because we don't take suit to heaven. You can be speaking bad English like me, 
but Jesus will bring somebody who can speak impeccable English. And you must not have a sense of inferiority complex as a church member. Else you're going to have a lot of issues with people. You can go to a church of angels and you have problems. And the devil will attack you because he wants you not to be connected to the church of God. If you cannot bear with one another, you cannot be part of a family. Now, I keep saying your family, your brother or your sister may not be correct. He may have a lot of issues. A boom, sir. You know that Saturday night your brother will not be home. You'll be drunk with hangovers. And you will pick Uber and take him to the hospital. Yet, you call him your brother. You are, you, 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 you are not looking at his mistake. But something stronger is connecting you to that drunkard. And that is blood. The same way when you come to church. If you don't develop a heart to forbear, to suffer for long, for the sake of your brother or your sister, you can never be committed to a church. Yes, you can never be committed because people are made to offend you. People were made to people will offend you in a church. A chorister will offend you. An usher will offend you. The way he will direct you, you know, you will not be, you use the left. You'll be angry. I will offend you, and I'll show you how pastors offend people. <laughs> Do you know pastors offend people? They offend you and they go. They don't even know that they have offended you. And I'm sure today I'll offend somebody. <laughs> it is normal. Are you with me? Uh, say what? Hasn't your husband offended you before? Have you divorced? Offense is normal. Offense. Unless you are dead, then you can say that you should not be offended. But if you are alive, you work, you do this, you do that, you even drive on the way, there are some drivers who are ordained to trouble you tomorrow. There, there are some drivers who are going to make some foolish overtaking on your car tomorrow. They will offend you. Yes. Even on your wedding day, some church members will not come. You think they will come, they won't come. Your naming ceremony, the instrumentalist will be late. <laughs> they say, I've been coming to church early, and blah, 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 and they didn't come. So you're offended, then you leave the church. To where? Hello, I'm speaking very deep words. A church that will grow is a church that has its members for bearing with one another. You cannot be committed to the house of your father if you cannot bear with your neighbor. A committed church member has patience with other members. They have patience with the choir. They have patience with the ushers. They have patience with everybody because everybody is in the process of growing into the full stature of Christ. We are all growing. We are not grown yet. 
We are all growing and we are not there yet. So you have to understand that people are going to behave the way they behave at the, at the level of their maturity. So if you are going to judge me because of my level of maturity, you are going to miss something God has put on my life for you. There is a process. You can have a child who will become a medical doctor one day. But whilst he's growing, he will go through a lot of things, a lot of issues. That doesn't mean that the person will not become a medical doctor. If you want to be a committed church member, you have to understand the law of forbearance. Say forbearance. Say forbearance. Give the Lord a mighty clap of faith. There are times that the choir, they sing and you know that, mm, this one, but you see the pastor will say, clap your hands, give the Lord a clap and appreciate the choir. I know what I'm doing. Because the fact that they stood for seven minutes and they did not get the song, doesn't mean that you shouldn't clap for them. If they have been here on Wednesday and Saturday to rehearse for this song, where were you? And today they sang very powerfully. As we forbear each other, we will grow together. I will not be great alone. You will be great with me. You will not be great alone. Your brother will be. One day, the church will be beautiful. He didn't say amen. I said one day the church will be beautiful. Today I had two visions. Should I tell you? Yes. Around 12, I woke up from the vision. That is why I will prophesy after sharing the vision with you. I found myself going for a certain meeting. But it looks like it was a gathering. I must be there. And in the gathering were pastors. Pastors. Like I thought I was going for a meeting. Okay? On my way, an old man stops me and said, don't enter that meeting. Because I have, the old man said he has commanded soldiers to enter into that meeting and massacre everybody. They had ganged up against you. So I stand on this word and I prophesy into your life. Any gang up against you without your knowledge, any conspiracy to bring you down will scatter it by fire. Clap your hands and give the Lord some praise in the house. And then I woke up and did some you know that kind of prayer. And I slept. Has it happened to you before? You woke up with vim, eh? Hey, Charlie, it's not easy to be prayerful. And now you're dead. There's a realm of sleep, eh? You, you, you just don't know what to do to yourself. I slept. Then I had another vision. I was coming to church. And it wasn't here. Some big challenge. Then I stood there and I asked my wife, ah. So this was how the thing was going to become and we didn't know. I prophesy over your life. You shall be big. 
you shall be great and you shall prosper. Give the Lord a mighty clap offering. If we forbear with each other. When this church started, we didn't have very good sound. Very bad. We didn't have a car park. We didn't have a car even to think about a car park. Park what? You don't have car. You think I have car park. For what? Today, look. Three lanes. That I look at the cars, I'm like, ah, the, ah, are these people the ones driving this car? We had bicycles. Two bicycles and one motor car. Moto. Okada. So one day after our first anniversary, I took oil. Hmm. You, you people are very science technology guys. I took oil. And I put on the ground. No more bicycles. No more. No more Okada. Four wheel drives. Come. Benz. Come. Nice cars. Come. I come. You don't. Me, I pray about everything. Even you sitting here, I prayed about you. I prayed about you. Come. If you looked at us then and now, and you despised us then, when we started the church, some people, when we're building this church, they say, What type of small, small boy's church is this? Oh, say that church is for a small boy. Even what they are building, cry, when the wind blows, it will crack, it will fall down. They don't know what they are doing. Youthful exuberance, we love it, it works. May you use your energy for the right purpose. Today we are where we are because we didn't despise what God had called us to do. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will never despise the days of your youth and you will never look down on yourself because God has deposited something in you. Come and lift your right hand and say, I am a winner. We easily give up. Little things, then you just give up. People will say things about even in the church. And I would have been over worry. One first, I don't worry at the end. One day I asked a lady. She was talking about another lady. Why that lady is not married? Like they were all not married. And I was like, these are good Christian sisters. <laughs> good Christian sisters. I was like, Charlie, why say that girl not married? I'm sure that she flexes the guy, said. I was telling her. He said, hmm, also. <laughs> it's not that they flex you. The people are not coming. The correct people are not coming. You see people. <laughs> you will see people coming to worry you. When are you married? When are you married? When are you married? Then what is wrong with you? And you can get offended. And you, even when you are coming to church and you see the church, you know, I'm, I'm going back home. <laughs> because that question will come. It's good for them to ask you. Sometimes it's good. Yeah, because it wakes you up. And sometimes it's a prophecy. Because sometimes it's time. But God has to use somebody to say it. When they say, don't get angry. Don't get, don't get furious. 
And those of you who like saying it, stop that. <laughs> Are you the one going to receive the bride price? Baba! Mother, we are saying, I was talking to a, a, a pastor yesterday. He was like, Charlie, our members that have come, Charlie, the marriage issue, if you joke with it, they will kill you. He said he was shocked in the, in the service. A guest pastor came, and after he finished ministering, he said he wants to pray for all those who want to marry. And he had dickiness. 65 years, 68 years. They came forward. Hey! And I said, I now understand my young girls. I understand. 68! No, yesterday, when we were standing there, the pastor I was talking to, he told me, he said, he said he has never privately thought about whether they, they, they came to stand there. They are looking for husband. <laughs> so you are not the only people in that bracket. You have grandmothers <laughs> who want to marry. Don't get offended. And he went to ask the person, ah, into so person where I say, hey, Pastor, Ipekunu. <laughs> a committed church member suffers long with the fault of others. These members are characterized with great humility and meekness. So it's not every member who is a committed. You see, if that word committed is very strong. You are committed. You don't say, Oba bonso, your pons go up of fun. I'm telling you something today. Yeah. You say, What bon? The highest high at 38. But still, I'm not pepping out driving or school. No, of fun. Not to you, got Nibu Fruta, man. <laughs> you are committed. You are too committed. You are too committed to leave me. To disappoint me. Improving yourself in your hands. And I've come. You see, you must be too committed to this church that I will never forget about you. You must be too committed. Too committed. Give the Lord a mighty clap of it. Too committed. Because of the purpose, you get committed. Because those of you who are preparing, like you are dating three years, four years, five years. Why are you not married? We are still studying each other. You know nothing. <laughs> Lucy, why are you laughing? It's a, it's, it's a language, eh? Every laughter is like, what pastor is saying is true. What pastor is <laughs> You will know nothing. The highest percentage of knowledge you know about your partner in dating and courtship, should I tell you, 0.2%. No matter how long, because marriage is a game changer. You don't enter into marriage because you have studied each other enough. You enter into marriage because you are prepared for the foolishness of your spouse. 
You are not clapping because you don't understand. The married people understand. <laughs> you don't get I've got there are people we thought when they marry, eh, things will work. It never work. There are some people too we thought when they marry it will never work, but that one has worked. <laughs> so it doesn't matter what the way. We are studying each other to somebody can pretend for ten years. Prepare to be committed in your marriage because shocks will come, adversity will come, your wife can change, your husband can change. But because you are prepared to be committed, with no matter what comes your way, you endure the test of time. That is why we have resident pastor. They have committed me on this altar to forbear all your weakness. So as a pastor, you know people who gossip about you. You don't need to curse them. You know people who, who speak ill about you. You don't need to curse them. People who misinterpret you. You don't need any pastor that curses his people. I don't want to use a word because I'm not in their shoes. Because as a pastor, you will be you are born to be offended. Yes, you are born to be offended. As a wife, you'll be offended. Your in-law will say something. The way your in-law will look at you, you no. Know? You can't blame your husband because he's not your in-law. Your husband is your husband, your in-law is your in-law. <laughs> Did you see how your sister looked at me? Am I my sister? It's me you came to marry, so focus on me. I have not looked at you anyway. Let us be committed to what we believe in. I'm committed in your life. I'm committed to, I want to see, first I want to see you prosper and be a strong family man, good husband, good father, increase in society, become spiritually boy, and become so strong that you can build a church for ICGC. One person. I want to, that is why we commit pastors to churches. That I'm not preaching here, going here, going here. How many Sundays have you seen me out of church? I won't take the appointment, on, except on rare occasions. Let us be committed to forbear with each other. Because somebody, there's a guy in the church who will propose to three girls. It's normal. If I don't tell you, you'll be shocked. But No, 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 come. They'll go to sister A. It doesn't work. Sister B. It doesn't work. Sister C. Then you see that sister B will tell sister A, Charlie, I want to arrange a bar two point. It's normal. If you don't like, tell the person, I don't like. Life goes on. And brother, when they bounce you, don't take up some faces. And this. I don't even know what to say. You, I'll get married some. You will see. Go and marry. Who cares? Forbear. That sister will come for your wedding, and maybe she'll be the one singing for you. And life goes on. Forbear with one another. Give the Lord a mighty clap of praise.
Matthew 5 5. Blessed are the meek. Meekness is a blessing. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the meek. For they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek. Meekness is not weakness. They may rhyme (laughs) meekness, weakness. No. Meekness is strength. The meekest man described in the Bible that ever lived on the earth is Moses. What didn't Moses see? What Moses is? Eddie, have you seen some? He takes his stick, puts down, becomes a python, swallows all snakes. And he has the guts to pick it again. Can you see snake and hold? <laughs> the day I saw snake in my house, I called Eddie. I don't, I don't deal with snakes. I, 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 I don't deal with snakes. Some of you roast and eat snakes, but I don't, I don't eat. I don't. Snake, I'm out. <laughs> I am not anointed for. I, at the sight of snakes, I'm, I, sn- if you want to see me run from, I will put a snake there. I'll just leave the office for you. But if it comes. In spiritual manifestation, we will deal with it. Amen. But say a snake. The last time they said they saw some small snake. I said, hey, if you don't spray this place and block this thing, you will not see me here again. <laughs> snake. <laughs> he said he held the snake. He put his hand in his hand. It, it turns into leprous. And it doesn't remain leprous. I was questioning God. God, in case I put an arrest, will it change the case? <laughs> He commands water to turn to blood because of him, frogs. No, Moses, he goes on 40 days, 40 nights with the Lord. God comes on him. He came back alive. And the Bible said that man, small spiritual knowledge you have today. Do you know the last time I was reading the word? <laughs> uh, yeah, I was reading the word. And, you know the, that word, that word koinonia. Hey, apostles. <laughs> no, koinonia is divided into three. And the coin means the, the low and the near. Hey! So when pastor is preaching, he doesn't bring Greek and Hebrew. You know, pastor is not deep. Want to want? Want a deep preacher for what? <laughs> the simple one you've not obeyed. The deep one it will kill you. Obey the simple one, and then we can move to the deep. Because I am a typically deep and confusing preacher. Because of you, I've come to your level. So let's go like that. Give the Lord a mighty clap of it. <laughs> your pastor can preach a sermon. Before then, I have like seven minutes. Six demonic attacks. The devil sent to you to kick you out of your church. 
Then I give you the last example, and I think I should be done. Number one, disappointment. Disappointment. These six I'm mentioning to you, anybody that has ever left the church, one of these was the reason. Disappointment. Number two, frustrations. Frustrations. Sometimes God can move people from a church to another church for a certain purpose, but it's rare. It's rare. Yeah. I have occasions where some come like that and some go like that. And I'm, I will be in the known. And you allow the will of God to be done. Okay, but anytime somebody leaves a church from a situation that is not of God, it's one of these. Disappointment, frustration, number two, losses. Losses. Sometimes their relatives will die and then they feel the church didn't put in enough to support. After the funeral, you will see them in church again. Okay? Attack. Demonic attacks. There will be attacks from, from even members. Attacks. To attack you, this, this, this. Slander. Betrayer. Slandering. Gossiping. Destroying your name. Pastor, they, and they said this thing about me. What did I do? This is a false accusation. How come they said this about Christians? Christians. How can you do that? You see, that will be quiet like a good boy listening. Hmm. Slander. Small thing they've said about you, you want to leave the church. If Jesus has listened to what they told him, you get down from the uh, cross and, and beat. <laughs> and you say you are the son of God. If you are the save yourself and save us. You would have gotten angry, but he was there. He was forbearing because he was looking at you and I. He said, No, I have to finish this thing. Because of you. The last one is offense. 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 Let me end with this statement prematurely. There are some sermons your pastor will preach that can provoke you to leave the church. Follow the teaching. There are some sermons you would think that pastor has prepared it for you. And you take it personal. Furious. Pastor has no idea of your condition. He just preached what God laid on his heart. Now, one day, there are two examples, but because of time, okay, I'll, I'll paraphrase one. Matthew 8, 21 to 22. They asked Jesus, how many times should we forgive those who offend us? Do you know that sometimes you are like, okay, Prince, you've offended me. I forgive you. You did it again. I forgive you. I'm sure the third time, eh, I'll draw a barrier. It happens to all of us. Some of us is only one. <laughs> Some of you is only one. If the person offends, that's all. You don't want to hear anything about him again. So they came to Jesus and said, If MFR offends me, how many times should I forgive? They want to mark. 70 times 7. 
70 times, seven times in a day. And when the day is off, you start a new page. I'm sure they got angry. Oh, they say this is a bad message. It's not real. They got angry. And they, and they were disappointed that Jesus said that. <laughs> How can you say that? So the people, the person should offend me. Ah. So if you can mark it. And that, that's 490 times in a day. If I offend you 490 times in a day, the 491st, don't forgive me. So you mark. How many times will you see me? <laughs> Hello? How many times will you see me? How many times will you see your brother? So if you can mark it 490 times, then you can keep the offense and show your brother. So they left with what type of message? We are not satisfied. This is not satisfied by Jesus preaching. The next one, which is very interesting, where I'm ending, John 6, verse 61 to 67. Verse 61 to 67. John says, verse 61 to 67. When Jesus knew, when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples, Mama, give us nice one so that I don't delay. I just want to read. The message will come out. Without being told, Jesus knew that they were grumbling about this. So, you don't need to tell me. Nobody wants to, nobody needs to tell me that Eddie is a fornicator. Jesus, nobody told him. But he started. Nobody wants to tell him that you are a thief. I'll pick it. By divine inspiration. So I'll be preaching. You think that Francis, uh, Francis did that? Somebody will come to tell him that, hey, Pastor, hey, Francis has come to. No, nobody has to tell me. Nobody has to also tell me that you are in need of a miracle. As I'm preaching, it will come. So Jesus was there, and without being told, Jesus knew that they were grumbling about this. So he said to them, Does this make you want to give up? Suppose then that you should see the Son of Man. Go back up to the place where he was before. What gives life is God's spirit. Human power is of no use at all. The words I have spoken to you brings God's life-giving spirit. 64. Yet some of you do not believe. Jesus knew. So Jesus even preached a message and his congregation, some of them, did not believe. I'm, 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 I'm preaching by reading. I don't want to take much time. I'm still reading. Jesus knew from the very beginning who were the ones that would not believe and which one would, would betray him. That is very deep. I don't want to go there. And he added, this is the very reason I told you that no people can come to me unless the Father makes it possible for them to do so. Move on. There's something there. Because of this, you see that? Look at the scripture. Because of this, because of what? The things he has preached about. What happened? What happened? Many of Jesus' followers, another version says, Jesus' disciples. That means they were not just first timers. People who had followed Jesus for long because of the ceremony. He said, if 
if, if you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood, they got angry. That was a sermon. And because of that, many followers turned back and will not go with him anymore. There can be times that you come to church, I will say something, one sentence. You just had one sentence, no, you take it personally. Hello? That should not cause you to leave the church. Close your eyes and let's pray. They didn't understand and they didn't ask Jesus for explanation. I want you to pray for yourself. That Holy Spirit, help me to be committed as a church member. Help me to understand your word. Help me to understand your ways. Help me by the help of your spirit. Lift your voice and pray in one minute. Help me to forbear with my brother and my sister. Help me to be planted. In the name of Jesus. Father, I preach your word. Water it. Let it germinate. Let it grow and bear fruit in the lives of your people. I pray that offense will not overtake anyone. In the name of Jesus. I pray that we will understand where we are coming from and where we are going. May the Lord help us all. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Give the Lord a mighty clap offering.